Well, Jerome Powell has been talking this morning and despite telling everyone there's still a way to go to infl- fight inflation, equity markets rose and bond yields fell. I mean, he sounded pretty hawkish to me, but obviously everyone was expecting him to be even more hawkish. Plus, lower than expected Australian inflation yesterday has seen markets respond positively, but a word of caution on that today. And the ECB now likely to go lower after inflation came out, lower than expected. Again, we ask, are we over the worst of it already? Or do trends need more than one number? Back to those Aussie inflation numbers. It's Thursday, the 1st of December, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, I listened to Jerome Powell this morning. I feel as though everyone must have been listening to something else because I didn't see the unbridled opportunity for enthusiasm that the markets have uh, because we've seen a real switch around in shares this morning. After Jerome Powell spoke, the Dow was down 0.7%, but it closed up 2.2%. The S&P 500 also turned around from negative territory to close up 2.6%. And the Nasdaq, well, it wasn't going anywhere till Powell spoke. Now it's up 4.4%. In Europe, which, of course, closed well before Powell spoke. The Eurostox 50 was up 0.8%. The FTSE 100 also up 0.8%. The CAC Carant up more than 1%. Bond yields were climbing, but they've switched directions since the Powell speech. Now an 11 basis point fall in US 10-year yields, down 5 in Canada, up 6 in the UK, but only 1 basis point up for for German 10-year bond yields. The US dollar lost any of the gains it made early in the session on the DXY index. It's down 0.8% now. That's helped the euro up by 0.7%. 0.7%. The pound has climbed 0.8%. The Aussie dollar is up 1.5% this morning, heading up to 68 US cents, not far off it. And oil, markedly higher. WTI is up 3.1%. Brent is up 2.9%. Over $85 a barrel now. This is not down to uh, Jerome Powell entirely. Part of it could be the unexpected drop in oil stocks in the US that was reported overnight. Uh, also overnight, no spoilers here on the Australia World Cup game against Denmark overnight, except uh, make sure you watch it. That's all I can say. Taylor Nugent hasn't watched it yet. He's been getting his beauty sleep, but he joins us now from NAB in Melbourne. Are you going to watch it, though, Taylor? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't, You're not I a football fan. You're in Melbourne. Me. You're the- yeah, you in don't Melbourne, care about soccer. I'll, I'll let the there. World Cup wash over me, I think. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Jerome Powell hasn't washed over anyone, has it? I mean, he's been talking very, very recently, just before we started to record this. Uh, he was basically saying, yes, they shouldn't uh, loosen prematurely. The path for inflation is uncertain. I feel like we've heard all this before, but I mean, he's not hiding away from it. They need to substantially see more evidence. Uh, there's a lot more ground to cover. Uh, all of these lines he's used before, but he's throwing them all into the one speech. And a need for sustained period of below-trend growth. That's what he's looking for. You would have thought uh, that would all be bad news, but look at equity prices. They seem to have taken taken to it. They like it. Yeah, good morning, Phil. Interesting market reaction there. Certainly, you know, looking at the, the price action in response to that speech in the last half an hour or so, you know, less hawkish than feared is probably the, the key summary. But, you know, looking through the, the detail of what he actually said, clearly the positioning was for some, some fairly hawkish comments. Cause, you know, as you, mm. as you mentioned there, the, the key messaging out of power very much in line with those re, those recent comments. Maybe there's a, a case to be slowing in, in the near term. So no pushback against slowing the pace of hikes at the December meeting to be found here, but certainly, you know, reiterating that the Fed will need to, be restrictive for some time um, and that the peak is likely to be somewhat higher than those September um, forecasts. And so, yeah, just, you know, repeating that higher for longer messaging, you know, there's no real scope to let up easily, you know, 
talking about it taking substantially more evidence to give comfort that inflation is actually declining um you know if it's if it's heading in the right direction that's that's one thing but he did say that by any standard inflation remains much too high as you said yeah. sustained period of low trend growth to restore that balance between supply and demand so certainly you know rates needing to move higher stay in restrictive even as the economy slows in order to be comfortable that that inflation number is coming back um sustainably yeah. to that 2% target is the the key messaging there but clearly you know markets you know fearing something even more hawkish potentially when you look at that reaction there. yeah Clearly, yeah, absolutely. And look, he said goods prices will probably come down. Uh, it, it, it might take a longer for housing inflation, but services, you know, reiterating that it's wages, isn't it? So wages is the key. That's, uh, you know, he wants to see the uh, the wage prices come down uh, and that might take some time. So hence, that's why they need to they need to act. But anyway, that, that was him. That's done. Uh, we've seen the response. Uh, we also saw the response to uh, the Aussie inflation numbers, didn't we, yesterday? And we've got to fess up on this because uh, we, along with others, said that it was going to be uh, it was going to be up. But Australian CPI yesterday actually a lot less than many had expected. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So my pick was a, a seven point seven, not not that different to consensus at seven point six. But yeah, whichever whichever one you choose out of those, inflation much lower than um than what was expected, coming in at six point nine percent year on year i think the you know the first thing to to mention here is that this isn't the cpi this is a a partial cpi indicator and so you know that quarterly number that we get in january for the fourth quarter is really the you know that that's the that's the primary indicator that the rba will be looking at um and it's really only partial information that we're getting through the monthly indicator the the big miss um, in the month relative to expectations was in a, a sharper drop than expected in fruit and vegetable prices, down a bit over 6% um, in the month, and also a very surprising drop in travel and accommodation prices, despite kind of the the high FAs that we're seeing at the moment. And, you know, a couple of technical things look to be resulting in that from the, the re-inclusion of um, international travel into the CPI in October after it had been reflecting kind of pandemic spending, spending patterns up until now. Um, and also some kind of seasonality around the end of school holidays that we don't really have a, a good handle on given the short back history of, of this monthly series. And so, right. you know, what so it's we going to be more volatile. Volu- yeah. yeah. So it's all more volatile. Too much signal from it. Yeah. Um, from one so, month. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah. then those, those fruit and veg prices will be very volatile. And we've had flooding in Victoria and New South Wales. So that could push those back up again. Couldn't exactly. It? So, yeah. When we think about the kind of the big things that both the official forecasters, Treasury and the RBA and their latest forecast kind of signaled when, um, you know, talking about this this Q4 peak in inflation, it was higher fruit and veg and food prices as a result of flooding impacts and, and higher energy costs, and that's still to come through in in the fourth quarter. It's it's not it's not necessarily showing up just just in October. So well, it- um, yeah, difficult to take too much signal on it. It's it's not the full CPI, but yet you know the market reaction certainly seemed to seem yeah. to um, take a, a fair bit from it with, you know, rate hike expectations for the RBA paired, the, the three-year yield down around around six to eight basis points or so in reaction to the data. Um, and, you know, now futures markets pricing just a, a 76% chance or so of a 25 basis point hike in December. So, you know, probably putting a little bit too much weight on on this print from, from where I'm sitting, even if we do kind of can take some signal on it from it that maybe food inflation isn't quite as strong heading into Q4 as maybe we expected. Um, you know, yeah. the RBA is really looking at 
the the outlook for inflation as we look at over 2023 and over 2024 and you know the the strong labor market backdrop the acceleration in wages growth that we're seeing is probably as important if not more important than kind of you know the minutiae of where that peak actually ends up in q4 when thinking about how the task for the rba yeah you just talked the markets back again though haven't you uh now taylor uh this is the asx 200 as well that reached a 100 day high yesterday on that news so again an overreaction in equity markets perhaps and yet we look at the the other data that was around we saw lifting construction work done yesterday i mean that again you know that could be weather related couldn't it from uh, you know and, and also work from q2 you know but getting pushed into into q3 we didn't see it in housing renovations because people obviously don't want to take out a loan right now although victorians don't seem so concerned about that so so mick it's very mixed the data at the moment isn't it for australia it's fair to say yeah, yeah. So the um that construction work done number, as you say, it was up around around two percent. Some volatility in the the construction work done over the last few quarters. That increase followed three consecutive quarters of declines. Um, and you'd have to say that that's very much weather impacts capacity constraints. With that, you know, demand backdrop very very strong with very very full um residential, especially construction pipelines. Um, but you know, the mm. so the increase from the the second quarter really a, a reflection of um, you know, more days available to work with less weather impacts in Q2 is probably the the headline story there. As as that demand backdrop remains pretty strong at the moment with full pipelines, but you know we did see in that those building approvals data that we got yesterday as well that that they are kind of well off their peaks in terms of those those new approvals as you know that pandemic bounce um, fades away and that that impact of rate hikes starts to come through. Right. And uh, the business survey yesterday in New Zealand, uh, that has shown that confidence has fallen a lot. But there's also signs that maybe prices have peaked. So maybe they felt the hurt uh, and they are through the worst of it. I don't know how many times we're going to say that. Maybe we are through the worst of it, but uh, we, we can live in hope. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting survey result, as as you say, kind of, you know, plummeting to its its lowest level since mid-2020 and kind of, you know, consistent with those recession forecasts um, over in New Zealand at the moment. Um, and, you know, some a fairly big reaction coming through in that interest rate sensitive residential investment um, intention series, which kind of you know could alleviate some of the inflation pressures in that sector in time. Um, and then you know, but also maybe a little bit of movement that kind of this process is is starting to play out and is is having an impact on on in, on the inflation outlook with pricing intentions you know still elevated at a net fifty nine percent of firms reporting the prices are right um, still rising. Um, but that's well off the, the kind of highs of 80% for that series. And also, um, employment intentions in that survey turned negative for the first time since 2020 as well. So, you know, consistent with that, that slowing economy, but also maybe it is starting to flow through into some easing of the exceptional tightness in the labor market and into pricing intentions right. as well. The speed at which prices are growing has slowed, <laughs> which is not quite the same as prices. <laughs> the speed of growth is slowing is not the same as saying, the, the, the prices are slowing. Quite right, yes. But prices rising more slowly is lower yeah. inflation, um, even if prices yeah. aren't falling. Got it. Uh, the Aussie dollar and the New Zealand <laughs> dollar, both higher. So, I mean, some of that 
could be the inflation perhaps for for Australia, but uh, in which we're saying would, if it is, that's possibly an overreaction. But I think a lot of it is this continued optimism, rightly or wrongly, over a reopening of China. I mean, certainly the Hang Seng was up over 2% yesterday, so that optimism means there's uh, been less focus on the PMI numbers in China. And we said that yesterday, probably a little bit irrelevant if everyone's looking to the future, because they were a bit less than expected, down to 48 for manufacturing and 46.7 for non-manufacturing. Uh, not the worst non-manufacturing, it was down to 41.9 in May, of course. But look, no one's really looking at that because everyone's looking and going, yes, is China reopening? Can they do it without everyone getting sick? Are we going to see the the, the economy bounce back? There's an enormous amount of optimism, whether it's uh, false optimism, I'm not sure. But that's certainly the way the market's going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. So we had the the um, weaker than expected official Chinese PMI data yesterday, it's just showing that you know those those um, virus impacts that are there at the moment are having a, a hit to activity certainly. Um, but you know, looking at the um, you know that that kind of optimism around reopening seems to be you know win, winning the day over that impact, and we are kind of seeing a little bit of movement from kind of official commentary on that as well, which was kind of supporting those um, those expectations as well. And so we've had some some comments from um, Chinese health officials that you know Omicron is is less severe than than um, than previous strains and that, you know, hints that it may be able to be managed. And we've had that news yesterday of kind of encouraging more um, vaccination um, as well. And so in that kind of context, very much that forward looking um, shift in managing COVID and what that means for activity is is front of mind that uh, it's come through in, in equity markets as well. The Hang Seng after that big um, 5% or so increase yesterday is up another 2.2% and is now up 27% over the month of November. So a, a fairly big turnaround there. Um, and, you know, some, some you know, signs of um, movement on the, the kind of very, very strict um, COVID controls as well um, with kind of, you know, targeted measures still in place in, in Chongqing, Guangzhou and um, Zhengzhou as well. Um, but some, some movement on those kind of those, those blanket restrictions across larger parts of the city. So, yeah. you know, some, some news flow to support that, that, uh, that optimism as well, you'd have to yeah. say. Let's hope it works. Now, look, uh, in Europe, very quickly, uh, the likelihood of a 75 basis point hike by the ECB seems to have been, seems to have dipped. Thanks to those softer inflation numbers, we saw them yesterday for Germany. We're seeing them now for uh, for the for the whole of the eurozone. Month on month, uh, prices actually fell in the in the last month. So not a slowing of growth. Actually, prices falling if we look at month on yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. So the the month on month coming in, um, you know, marginally negative, and that that um, year ended rate slowing to to ten percent year on year from ten point six and and below that ten point four percent consensus um and we've seen not a big response in the bond markets this yeah time, yeah there? i think you know the the story there is probably that we had the response earlier on the on the lead in from the the german and the the spanish yeah. cpis yeah. the the day before and so we did see kind of pricing for that december meeting starting the week at around 61 basis points and and that move i'm um, in response to the the earlier um country level inflation prints um and then holding on to that with the the um the um 
downside surprise kind of confirmed in the in the numbers today. And so certainly, you know, some some relief and it's certainly good news um, to get a little bit of relief on those still very, very elevated inflation rates. But, you know, under the hood, core inflation was still steady at at five percent. And we've heard recently from from ECB officials that, you know, um, there's not necessarily, you know, coming off the very, very high levels isn't necessarily um, a victory. President Lagarde said that it would surprise her if inflation has indeed peaked. And so speaking to some of the volatility that we're seeing in European inflation at the moment from those energy prices and and Vice President Guindos said um, earlier this week as well that the the signal that they really need to keep following is the evolution of underlying inflation pressures. And, and in that context, the, the so core rate holding steady is interesting. But, you know, all in all, probably still a, a, a pretty firm vote in favour of, of 50 over 75 right. in, in December, okay. I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. OK, though, uh, so we know job numbers are important uh, to the Fed. Uh, the job numbers from the US, the jolt job openings has shown a, a fall in job openings and a slight fall in quits. So the ratio of job openings to the unemployed is uh, down to 1.71, which is the lowest since last November. But it's still high, isn't it? And it is moving very slowly, probably too slow for Jerome Powell. And then the ADP employment numbers, I mean, this is new data, it's a new survey uh, or a new technique. Uh, it showed a slowdown in the number of people being employed, a growth of 127,000 against an expectation of around two. 000 and down from 239,000 last time. So it is still a tight labour market, isn't it? We, you know, even though some of the numbers might be heading in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a fair summary, certainly. So, you know, heading heading in the right direction, but at the margin. So those those job opening numbers falling mm. to, to 10.3 from 10.7, slightly above consensus. And and interestingly, still above that that um, all, original August number before that that plummet back in August was was revised away. And so, you know, while it's definitely off its, off its highs back in in March, um, still consistent with a very, very tight labour market, um, job openings per unemployment um, per unemployed person now at, at 1.7 from a, a peak of two, but well above the kind of 1.1 levels that prevail pre-pandemic. We also are seeing quit rates kind of continuing to slowly trend lower. Um, they're now at 2.6%, just just um, 0.2 percentage points above their pre-pandemic level. Um, but, you know, still a, a strong labour market backdrop. Um, and, you know, I guess we'll, we'll look forward to, to payrolls on Friday for the kind of the, the next signal of the resilience in the labour market and uh, the ISM manufacturing number as well. We, you know, just how much is the, the slowdown happening in the US? Which is something else Jerome Powell was saying. You know, you've got to see that slowdown to to get this uh, meeting of supply and demand. So there'll be another indicator today as well. Uh, we also have the beige book. The Fed beige book is out very soon. The initial jobless claims in the US as well. Those weekly numbers. The Caging manufacturing PMI for China. Philip Lane from the ECB is talking as well. I mean, he's been talking down the need for large hikes, hasn't he? So he's uh, a bit more than some of the others so will he talk down further this need for uh, for rate hikes at 75 basis points down to 50 we'll find out all of that in the in the next day but uh, we'll leave it there for now good to talk taylor catch you again very soon thanks phil that was a busy one wasn't it and we are back again tomorrow morning with another edition of the morning call i'm phil dobby for nab i'll see you then don't forget to watch the game